Welcome to Ennisbrook Church. We hope this message from our sex and location pastor, Jared Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Hey, uh, it's just so good to be here. If anyone doesn't know me, my name's Jared, and it is, uh, it's a privilege today to be able to uh, share as we come around the Word of God, and uh, it's, um, it's good. It's a, it's a good day. Should we, um, should we get into this? Oh, hey, huge welcome to everyone who's joining us online as well. Could we put our hands together for everyone that's online? It's a holiday, so there may be people away who are, who are tuning in, or maybe there's people who haven't yet been in church. I want to let you know that we have a seat here for you. There's many seats, actually, that you could fill, so you should come and join us in person. I guarantee you it is better than online, even though hopefully online is pretty good too. Uh, like, let's get into this. I want to share from uh, Hebrews 10 verse 35 today, okay? And I, I really feel God has uh, something to say today. And it's a good thing when you come around the Word of God, because it's what He is about to do. He's about to speak, I believe. Hebrews 10 verse 35, and it says this, it says, So do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. It says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For, this is the promise, in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. It's a bit of a challenge for us today. Finishes by saying, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and saved. We do not belong to those that shrink back and destroy, but we belong to those who have faith and are saved. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place. God, we know that you want to speak to us. So we're opening our hearts to you, saying, Lord, have your way in our lives. Have your way in this moment. Thank you for this amazing community of people. Lord, I pray that you would just bless us and that we would know what it is truly to follow you today. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Today we are learning more, more keys or about the keys and what it looks like for us to be a disciple of Jesus. For we are not disciples of a person. We are not disciples of just a pastor. We're not disciples of some great church, but this is all about where Jesus is leading us. And in regards to the idea that a disciple of Jesus must do what Jesus did, I want to remind us today that you and I are called to great things. We are called to great things. And we say it one more time. You are called to great things. Jesus said this in John 14, verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Out the gate. We will do even greater things than these. This is Jesus speaking, the one who healed the sick, who set the captives free, who changed lives, who, who brought salvation into the world, who opened up the blind eyes, who, who resurrected people up from the dead. He says that if you believe in Him, you will do the works that He has done. Did you know that? And then to a point, they will be works that are even greater than what He was doing. 
I'm not suggesting today that we're called to be greater than Jesus. That is never going to happen. That is not possible. That is not the heartbeat. But I love the thought that if Jesus is in you, then you have greatness within you. That you carry something that is great. That you have the ability to tap into great things. For we are called to do great things. William Carey said this, Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. To expect great things from Him and to attempt great things for Him. And I want to remind us that there is a world out there that needs you to do great things. I want to remind us that we in fact live, live even in a city that needs saving. Don't know if you know that, but we live in a city that needs to know about the love of Jesus. We live in a city, Nelson City, that needs to be turned around by the work of God. We live in a a place, in a region right now that does not fully know who Jesus is. What is the purpose of us being here today? Well, we're here to glorify God, but we're here to seek and save the lost and to reach people. Every time we gather, it's for the purpose of building up the believers so that we can go out and do some great things and see some lives changed and see some lives transformed and see people come into relationship with Jesus. There's people to reach. There's families to feed. There's the broken to mend back together. There's the homeless to clothe. There's the work of God to do in our community. Sunday is not just some sort of nice, happy, clappy, let's get together and have a Christian club kind of thing, but we're stirring ourselves up and we're building ourselves up so that we could go out and do the work of God. (laughs) And it requires a group of on fire Jesus followers who might be willing to stand up and say, I just want to be a part of whatever God is doing. Oh, I'm going to do what Jesus did. So I want to share just a simple thought this morning. And I want to share the thought that great things require confidence. Great things require confidence. This is for someone who feels like they don't have what it takes. And maybe even this week, you've thought to yourself, I should just give up. I really had it placed on my heart as I was kind of preparing for this. That This is for someone who is just questioning everything that you're doing, feeling like you are not good enough, you don't have what it takes, and that this should all maybe just end, whether it be as Alicia was talking about a relationship or maybe it's a sickness or maybe it's your life in general. I I want to tell you that there is so much for you to live for. Maybe you've come in here feeling discouraged and there's parts of life that are not going as you expected them to go. Maybe you're here and you don't need encouragement, but you need a challenge because you've started to lack confidence and the result of lacking in confidence is small thinking. You started to think small. You've accepted just the status quo. You've accepted the idea that living in greatness of God's calling on your life is something that is actually irrelevant for you, regardless of you needing an encouragement or a challenge today. I want to tell us we're here today to bust open and break some internal limitations. In fact, we're going to destroy some internal limitations. Whether you need an encouragement or a challenge, it's time for us to start thinking bigger. Oh, it's time for us to start thinking greater. The Word of God instructs us, do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. Confidence is an interesting thing. It's not about ego. It's not about an arrogance. Confidence is really about the core of who you are. The areas of life that we feel most confident about speak to what's happening at the core of who we are. Because it highlights what we prioritize and what we give our time to. 
You're confident, think about it practically, it's very logical. You're confident in the things that you give your time to, right? If you spend time on it, if you give resource to it, if you focus on it, if you make it a main thing in your life, you're going to get confident at it. It's the same when it comes to, say, business. People that are confident in business have spent a lot of time on their business. They've focused, they've prioritized it. If it's in sport, many people that get great in sport, they start off potentially not too great at sport, but they spend time on it and they get confident at it and they work on it to a point where they feel there's some people who are so confident in things but they're not even yet good at things I'm such a confident golfer I'm not yet good at it Uh, it's because I think for me you know I would rather be a, a better dad than I would be a better golfer so I prioritize my children instead of the golf that's my excuse that's my reason Maybe it's, maybe it's study, confident in study, confident in, in good grades and, and all that type of thing. But confidence is not a personality type. Confidence is not some sort of mode that we switch into. Confidence is actually a foundation more than it is a function. Oh, it's a foundation more than it is a function. It is also a spirit in which we operate. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 God's amazing prophetic word says this, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. A prophetic word about the transforming work that God has done and will do in our lives and wants to do in our life. That God would put a new spirit in you. That God has put in this new bigger spirit in you. That the result of the work of Christ in our life is that we end up with this confident spirit. Oh, it's so spiritual. Oh, it's not just a a way of us being able to achieve great things in the natural, but being able to achieve great things in the spiritual because this confidence that flows within us isn't just a worldly confidence, but it's a spiritual confidence. And it comes because, yes, God has put within us a new spirit and a new heart. So I've got a bigger spirit and I can believe for big things. My confidence is because I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. A follower of Jesus doesn't just have self-confidence, they have a God confidence. Or they know who they are because they know whose they are. They know what they were created for because they know who created them. So we end up with this confidence, this, this, this amazing confidence. This book of Hebrews is a letter, okay? And it's a letter to an audience of, of Jewish Christians. It's a letter with the purpose of of bringing exhortation to God's people to encourage them to continue to follow Jesus, to be faithful to the way of Jesus and to not turn back from Him. This group of people we, we recognize as recent converts into Christianity. They believe now in Jesus. They knew the stories of Jesus to be true. He was their way. He was their truth. And he was their life. And as a result of their belief, they have seen some things. They have been through some things. Or oh, they have they've faced some hard Moments. They've gone through some tough times. I want to share one point, first point about confidence is that sometimes confidence is what we need, especially during chaos. Confidence during chaos. See, these people, they were people who were actually going against the Jewish culture, the normal Jewish culture at the time. They were Jewish and they were Christian. 
Not all Jews had yet received and accepted Jesus as their Messiah and as their Lord and Savior. If you did, you were a little bit outside the mold. Anyone ever felt outside the mold? You were a little bit outside of the box and they were being ostracized by the rest of the community. Hebrews 10 verse 32 says this, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, as if to say after you had received the light of life, which is Jesus Christ, when you endured a great conflict of suffering. What a great thing to pull everyone's memory back to. Remember when you received this light and then you endured in a great conflict of suffering. How exciting. What a great moment it was. It's recorded that they faced public abuse. These Christians, they were in prison. They lost their homes and their possessions. They lost their source of income. And I want to share this today, that their confidence came when they accepted the light of life that is Jesus Christ that their confidence was called upon when they were to go through these hard moments and these, these struggles. And I want to share today that Satan, the enemy, all he ever wants to do within your Christian walk and as you follow Jesus is pull you down and stop you in your tracks. Some people even believe that the more faith that you have in Jesus, the more the enemy tries to attack you. The more he tries to, to, to pull you down. For those who walk in a little ray of light are no threat to the devil's kingdom, but he aims his great fight of afflictions at those who love the light, who are in love with Jesus, and who have accepted and embraced all that Christ has for them. Basically, if you and I are really willing to do great things for God, then we should never be shocked when we come up against great attacks of the enemy when we come up against great moments of, of persecution. In fact, we should never fear it because that's exactly how you know you're on the right track. So to the person who's thought, man, this week I should give up. Maybe it's just a sign. Whatever that thing is that you're facing, that stuff, it's just a sign that you're on the right track, that you're on the right track. Simply put, Satan's main objective is to put out the light and to dim it, to shut it off. So show me a Christian who has recently given their all to Jesus. In fact, we talk about it with people who get baptised. That the week after you are baptised, you know, you come in and water baptism is, is declaring that you, you're saying goodbye to your old way and you, you're welcoming a new way in Jesus and you're committing your life to Him, dedicating in front of a, 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 a group of people your faith for Him. And we say protect yourself after that for a week, two weeks. Because in that moment of declaration, you're opening yourself up to not just the promises of God, but the enemy would love to get all over that. You can have a week from hell, <laughs> literally, at times. So we tell people, hey, if you're going to go all in for Jesus, you need to make sure that you actually have yourself protected because it can become a little bit of a fight for your life. 1 Peter 4 verse 16 says, However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. Praise God that you bear that name. When the Scripture tells us to be confident or to be bold or to be strong and courageous, it's saying don't give up on Jesus. It's saying keep the light on. It's saying let your light shine. You already have the greatest reward for you bear the name of Jesus Christ. And that's a great name. And that's the best name. You don't just bear your own name. It's not just Jared Liebesire. No, it's, it's Jesus Christ. 
It's Jesus Christ. And that's a name that is a name of authority. It's a name that has defeated darkness in all of its attempts. So Satan, he has to step aside. His attempts to take you out fail. No weapon formed against you shall ever prosper because you carry the light of Jesus Christ and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never overcome it. So you could be confident in chaos. You can stay confident in the dark moments because confidence is not determined by the situation that you're facing or that you're up against. It's not determined by what's happening in and around you, but it's an understanding, like I've said, that there is greatness within you. And that greatness is the work of Jesus Christ. For greater is He that is in me that is in the world. Amen? Amen. There's a reason that this writer says, do not throw away your confidence. He says, don't throw it away. Don't throw away your confidence. And I believe it's because there's nothing that can take away your confidence. If you believe in the promises of God, there is a, and you believe that there is a promise from God for your life, then nothing on earth can take your confidence away. In fact, confidence is never taken away. It can only be given away. It's something that you actually have to let go of. You're here today and you don't feel confident. It's not something that you have to go and try and find. If you have Jesus, you have it with you right now. You have it right now. And no one can take it away from you. It's something that you have to choose to let go of. I remember my first time ever speaking at a church event, okay? Seems random. I remember my first time speaking into a microphone, in fact, okay? And I remember it because it was traumatic. It was traumatic. I was 13 years old, and I was at a youth camp, much like the one that's about to happen in three weeks' time. We were at Bridge Valley. Uh, Graham and Rebecca were the youth pastors at the time. And uh, uh, Graham got me up and a couple of others to, to pray. We just, he just got us up to pray and got us up to pray over our schools. I went to Nayland College. So I, I was... I was to pray over Nayland College. And I just remember this moment where Graham comes over to me and he hands me the microphone and, and he says, hey, uh, all right, sh- share, what, what do you feel you need to pray for, for your school? And I, I remember I started to talk and, and I, I know that the prayer moment was good. It kind of, that wasn't an issue. It was fine. But I remember talking, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, and I think this is where the fear of speaking comes from. It's a, it's a massive phobia. It's actually one of the top five in the world is this phobia of public speaking. People don't like it. And maybe you're in the room, you're like, that's me. You're preaching to me. <laughs> I remember speaking, and it was like this awful feeling as if what I was saying made sense in my head but it didn't make sense coming out of my mouth. <laughs> like I knew what I wanted to say, but I just couldn't say it. And I, and I remember looking out and it was like everyone was laughing at me. This, this awful, I, I don't know what, I was just battling, obviously, struggling, struggling. Then after that, someone made a comment to me. Okay, so that was bad. That moment was bad. It was like one of those moments where you just feel a little bit like, sweetie, it was like, ooh, yuck. Then after that, there's this moment and someone makes this comment to me. And you know when someone makes a comment, that's, that's it. That's like, that was like nail in the coffin. They come up to me and they said, did you know that you mumble a lot? Did you know that you mumble a lot? And someone else was there and they said, yeah, he does. <laughs> you're not, now you're like, oh, it all makes sense. Yeah, we get, we get it. 
There for two years, these guys, they were older than me. They were like youth leaders. They, they, I can't remember what they said, but they basically, every time I was around them, they would make fun of me. I was just like the young guy in the youth ministry at the time, right? So they started just, every time they were around me, they wouldn't speak to me properly. They would just mumble things to me. They would just remind me of this, right? So it became a constant work on for me. And sometimes I'm aware that I still do it. So I have to try and like really articulate and enunciate what I'm saying, you know, like break up the syllables so that you can actually understand the words. <laughs> but it took me back to this awful moment of embarrassment, feeling like what I was saying just didn't make sense and that people weren't actually catching what I was Sharing. And in fact, from that night onwards, I would have these thoughts about never wanting to speak in public again. Throughout primary school and intermediate, I loved speeches. College, heck no. I, I opted to not um, do my speech in person. I filmed it and then we watched it in the class, which by the way is a much worse option because <laughs> then you're sitting watching yourself and I was like, this is sick, man. <laughs> Oh, man. So these thoughts would go on. I never wanted to speak. When I was young, if there was one thing that would have stopped me from accepting the call to do what I do today, I always felt called to be a pastor. I always did. But if there's one thing that would have stopped me from doing that was the fact that I knew that there was some public speaking involved in being a pastor. I don't know if you've ever heard of a pastor who doesn't preach. Are there? No, you haven't. That's the thing. <laughs> For a while, I didn't speak. I wouldn't like take opportunities. People would get opportunities to speak in the youth ministry and I would and I'd say no because I didn't think that was for me. I would just lead the worship. I love leading worship. I could sing in front of, like, it doesn't matter how many people, I felt good in that. I felt confident in that. Put a guitar in front of me, I felt so safe. But if you ask me to speak, heck no, no way, Jose, not for me. Until I go to this youth conference called Get Smart. I was leading worship at it. And this guy, his name is Craig Clark. He gave me this prophetic word during the conference. And he, he said something along the lines of, Jared, you need to speak more. He said, you need to speak more. He said, you've got great thoughts and you have things to say, but you've given your confidence away. You've given your confidence away. Something in that moment, just like a switch went off in me and the Holy Spirit just did this work in me and I had decided that from that point on, I was gonna take a hold of my confidence again and that maybe I would start to share some of the things that I was thinking. It's not that I didn't have thoughts, it's just that I had this thing blocking me from being able to say what I felt I needed to say. And so from there on, I started to give it a shot, build my confidence back, take my confidence back. And I want to say, listen, it was never just confidence in myself. No, I started to realise that I had actually to take a confidence in who I felt God wanted me to be and what He had planned for my life. Don't allow the negative experiences that you face or the negativity of others to be an excuse for you to shrink back from God's plan for your life. Nothing anyone can do against you, no persecution, no trouble or trial or anything that anyone could say about you should ever be able to take away your confidence. Listen, nothing from your parents, nothing from your family, nothing from your friends, whatever it is that they've said. Maybe there's been negative words that have been spoken out about you and you have allowed them to shut you down. Maybe you've had thoughts that have been just going around in your mind. I wanna tell you today, do not give them the power that they don't deserve. 
There's some people who need to, to shake off, shake it off just to, to get, get rid of it. Don't allow negativity to pull you away from God's promise for your life. You may be facing some battles and maybe you've even faced some battles and you feel like you lost the battle, but you never, ever lost the call of God on your life. You've never lost the call of God on your life. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You're created for a good work, which by the way, God is not making up on the spot. Oh, He, he, he planned that and is well prepared in advance for you to do. I believe that God had planned in advance that I would do what I do now. And giving away my confidence could have robbed me of that thing. Could have robbed me of even this, potentially. Not that it's about me, but it's about Him. As some of us need to remove those negative voices in our life. Don't allow them to speak into your life. You can still have people around you who are negative. That's fine. Maybe they need you in their life. But don't allow them to speak into your life. Let me remind you, you're called to do great things. Don't settle for any less. The scripture goes on, Hebrews 10 verse 35, and, and there's this incredible promise. And it's actually a throwback to the Old Testament from a prophet who declared about Jesus this incredible word. In just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. This verse, I believe, speaks more than just about the return of Jesus Christ. But it also speaks to the fact that Jesus is coming to meet your need. That Jesus is coming to meet your need. Here is a huge reason why you can have confidence today. It's because, point three, God knows what you need. God knows what you need. And He knows exactly when you need it. Philippians 4 verse 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. God doesn't turn up late. He supplies what we need and He does not delay. Oh, he who is coming will come and he will not delay. He will not delay. Let me encourage you. God cannot be late to supply what you need in life today. The fact is that there is no such thing as God being late. We read this story in the Bible about Mary and Martha and their, and their, and their brother, right? He's, he's about to die. And so they call Jesus. They want Jesus to come and, and, to help, and to help, but they thought that Jesus was just late because this brother, Lazarus, he dies. He turns up, Jesus turns up, and Mary and Martha say, Jesus, if only you had been here, if only you were here on time, in their minds, then our brother would not have died, John 11 verse 21. Jesus, you're too late. You've missed the deadline. And in essence, Jesus answers and said, I'm not late. Lazarus will rise. I'm here and I'm the resurrection and all life is in me. So Jesus tells Lazarus to rise up out of the grave. And guess what? He rises up, he walks out, still wearing his grave clothes. Imagine the smell, probably pretty bad. There's another story about the household of Jairus and Jairus is this amazing synagogue leader and, and, and he's kind of well known in the community and he comes and he falls before Jesus because he has a daughter who's sick. And the daughter is so sick. And he says, Jesus, you need to come and, and heal my sick daughter. So Jesus starts making his way. He gets kind of distracted on the way with some other things that are going on. And then someone comes from Jairus' house and is like, hey, don't worry about it. Your daughter is actually dead. Your daughter's dead. Don't bother Jesus any longer. Jesus hears this and he responds and he says, hey, you just need to believe. You just need to believe. 
So he keeps going and he goes to the house where the dead girl is. He walks in, sees the dead girl on the bed and he says to this girl, little girl, I say to you, get up and walk. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She began to walk around. There is no such thing as too late for Jesus. You may be tempted to quit the fight and sink into what feels like failure, but God is so full of love for His children, He can't be stopped from bringing something out of nothing. Whatever the dead situation is in your life, whatever you feel like you've let go of and decided, you know what, I don't need to have confidence in this anymore because it's dead and it's done. It's over. Oh no, Jesus is never late to help to save, to set free and to bring back life to your world. Mary and Martha had cast away their confidence. Jairus' household had cast away their confidence. They had all accused Jesus of being what? Too late. Why bother? And you thought maybe don't, don't bother with this anymore. But all it takes from Jesus is just one word and this rise. All it takes from Jesus is just one moment and everything changes in an instant. That's all it ever takes. He speaks one word and all of a sudden everything is transformed. He speaks one word and what is dead comes back to life. What feels dark and lost has a light that is shone right all over it. Satan must lose his grip. Death must flee. Life must spring up. And heaven's promises begin to break out on all sides. No matter what you're going through, all God has to do is speak a single word and the devils are sent scattering. Creation trembles and suddenly the answer you've been searching for is right in front of you. It's right there. The call for Jesus' followers today is rise. It's rise. To rise in His resurrection power. To not shrink back. The final line in the Scripture, we do not belong to those who shrink back and destroyed. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we belong to those who have faith and are saved. We rise up, not just in our own confidence, not just in what we know we can do and our ability. If you just keep trusting on that, there's no way you're gonna rise up. That is your shrinking back. That is your taking a step back. But we rise up in faith and who our God is because we know all it takes is one moment with Jesus. All it takes is one word from God because He is the God of great works. And He's called us to a great work. So your confidence is what enables you in the work that God's calling you to. There's people around your life that need you to be confident for them. Confident in what God wants to do in your life. Maybe you feel like you've been lacking in that confidence. Maybe you feel like you've let that confidence go. Just remember, Jesus has what you need exactly when you need it. You can be confident even in the moments of chaos and nothing can ever take away your confidence. You just chose to give it away. You just chose to give it away. You chose to give it away. I wanna finish and I wanna pray for some people. I wanna share a story before we do. There's a story of this Spanish conqueror and you may know it from the 16th century. His name was Hernan Cortes. Cortes had defeated many enemies in his time. He had uh, overthrown many different nations, taken a lot of new land. and His army was like beast mode. They really were. Cortes now had moved on to another enemy. His next endeavour was to take over South America. 
So he orders his men onto a strange island to conquer a new land with only around about 600 men. Okay, it's a pretty small little army at that time. Cortez faced the enormity of the South American continent and two years later, after a two-year battle, had toppled what was the Aztec Empire. It's recorded that he took very extreme measures to, to achieve and, 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 and get this, ensure this victory. He commanded his army to do a very specific thing. And you may know the story. He commands his army when they arrive on the shore of South America to burn their ships. We have a photo, I think. Well, it's not a photo. I just want to say it's, not a, it's definitely not a photo. <laughs> a five-year-old drew it. No. He commands his army to burn their ships. So they arrive on the shore. And the first thing they do is they turn back they set light to their ships. They burn their boats. Now, there's no way back to Spain for them. Now, there's no way back home. They had no other option but to defeat the Aztecs, to be able to take their boats. That was their way home. That was their only option. They had no other way of getting back home now. I love this thought. For them, there was no turning back. And I just imagine them standing on the shore, watching these boats burning, thinking, no turning back now, boys. Oh, we got, we got no options. There's only one way we can go now. There's no turning back now. There's no turning back now. And Cortez's command is strong. Burn the boats. His command is, don't turn back. His command is, don't turn back. So I believe that today, prophetically, there is this idea that we must burn the boat. There's some people here today and you have this boat that's been waiting and it's about time that you burnt it because you're not turning back anymore. The call is that we would hold on to our confidence, that we would decide today, I am not turning back. I am not turning back. I'm not going back the way that we've come from. I'm not going back to my old ways. I'm not going back to the past and to the things that I've been stuck in for so long. No, I've burned that boat and I've moved on. I'm not throwing away my confidence in Jesus because I know that if I hold on to my confidence, that there will be a rich reward and not just some sort of great reward, but there is a promise in Jesus Christ for your life, that there is a new land, that there is this idea that we can conquer. In fact, the Scriptures say that you're meant to be more than a conqueror. You can't go back to your old way of living. You've got to burn that boat. You can't, you can't stay where you are. There's a, there's a boat to burn. There's something great ahead of you, so burn the boat. God's doing a new thing, so you've got to burn that boat. Listen, you can't keep putting your confidence in yourself. Burn that boat. There's a relationship that you keep going back to. Burn that boat. There's some negative voices that you're allowing to continue to speak to you. Burn that boat. There's an addiction that's holding you back. You've got to burn that boat. Don't allow yourself to be pulled down anymore. Don't allow yourself to shrink back. But it's time we put our confidence in God. I'm not turning back. I am receiving His promise. His promise is for you. His promise is for you. So today, we're going to pray. And I just want to pray that whatever that boat represents for you, whatever it is, that you'd burn it. Man, you'd let go of it. You can't hold on to your confidence and hold on to that boat at the same time. It's too much for you to carry. It's too much for you to bear. It's too much for you to worry about. But today, we're gonna have a, a ceremony of burning boats with every eye closed. 
Every head bowed. In fact, why don't we uh, stand to our feet, shall we? You've been sitting for too long. I want to pray for today at the, the boat. Praying today that confidence is what you would experience. Let me just remind you, it is not about confidence in yourself. Oh, so much more than that. Confidence in who God is. Confidence in what He wants to do in your life. You cannot hold on to that boat and accept and, re- and hold on to confidence at the same time. Father, we just thank You for Your presence right now. Thank You for everybody in the room, for everybody online. Thank You for this moment in time that You're meeting us right here, right now. Lord, I ask for the person who's acknowledging they've given away their confidence, that they may be going back to old ways, that Lord, You would bring them back into the new way. Lord, I pray that they would understand that there is a promise for their life, that there's still greatness ahead, that they have not been excluded, that even though they feel like they lost battles and they failed along the way, that they have never lost the call of God on their life, but that, Father, Your Word still stands, that You have still prepared in advance a great thing for us to do. Lord, I thank You for all the stories that we read of in the Bible of those that had a great confidence in You, a great faith in You. Lord, those that went on to do great things, Lord, to make ways and to change lives and to carry Your Spirit. Father, I pray that that is exactly who we would be because we recognise that there's a world outside of the doors of this building that need us to be confident in who God has called us to be, confident that we are qualified, Qualified for a great work. Qualified for a great work. Lord, right now we just put a fire on those boats. Whatever it is right now, just hold it in your mind. Just think about it. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it is the sin and mistakes of the past. Right now we we put a fire to that. We burn it. (laughs) We let it go in the mighty name of Jesus. I just speak it out over every single person. The correct terminology today is that it would be released. It would be released in the mighty name of Jesus, that it would be Jesus' work in your life, that it would be replaced with confidence. Father, we thank You for that. In the mighty name of Jesus. Today, as we finish, for anyone who's listening to this and you're thinking, I don't know about these great things because I haven't even accepted Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you can. Jesus is for you. He is. He, his whole mission was to save the entire world and everything that is within it. The Bible says that God loved the world so much that He sent His one and only Son to die for us so that He could save us, so that He could resurrect maybe what is broken and, and dead and lost in our lives that we need a spiritual awakening, that our eyes would be opened, not just our physical eyes, but the eyes of our heart. Today, you need to know God loves you. God sees you. You've never maybe felt this level of confidence before, but it's a confidence that you can grab a hold of because He came for you. Jesus came for you. And today, maybe whatever, I don't know what it is that's been holding you back. Maybe it's it's shame. Maybe it's regret. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe you just struggle to even be in this room right now. But Jesus, He so desperately wants to be in relationship with you to give you a new future and a new hope and ultimately eternity in heaven with Jesus. 
If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, I want to pray for you. I want to count to three. With every eye closed, no one's looking. I want to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to chuck your hand in the air and I'll pray for you. We'll just pray a real simple prayer to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, if you want to start a relationship with Him, chuck your hand up. One, two, three. Amazing over here. Incredible here. Amazing over here on the side of the room. God loves you so much. Thinks you're so amazing. Just a moment longer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for these moms who put their hands up. Lord, right now, we thank you that you are entering their hearts. Lord, you are putting in them a new heart and a new spirit. Lord, I pray for bigger, brighter days. Lord, that they would know what it is to turn from what has happened in the old ways. Lord, the past, that would not hold them back any longer, but Father, they would be set free and they would be, they would be moved into a new future or a future that they could never conjure up or make up themselves. But God, we know that You have so much more in store for them. So we, Father, we thank You for that. We just declare, Lord, as they come to You, that all of their sin, their mistakes be washed away by the blood of Jesus and that a new life would be started in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's congratulate these ones and let's just thank God for what He's doing here today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.